Researchers working in Guatemala are hunting for viruses in the bellies of blood-sucking mosquitoes. The thinking is that if scientists can detect commonly circulating bloodborne pathogens sooner, they'll be able to learn their secrets before they become public health threats. And the best way to catch these mosquitoes? Serious suction power, which is why the team is using what they call an insectazooka. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. The FDA authorized emergency use of the first point-of-care MPOX test on Friday, adding a tool to the United States arsenal in the event that the virus makes a resurgence. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have only tallied two cases of MPOX per day in recent weeks, down from as many as 450 per day in August. But some health experts fear that the virus could make a comeback as cases in other parts of the world, including Mexico and Latin America, continue to see higher cases and fewer vaccinations. District Court Judge Matthew Kazmierich in Amarillo, Texas, extended the deadline for a looming court ruling that could ban abortion pills nationwide to February 24th. The extension will give time for Danko, the maker of Mifeprestone, to intervene in the case and submit its arguments on why the FDA's two-decade-old approval should be allowed to stand. On or after February 24th, Judge Kazmierich, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, could either cut access to the pills where they remain legal or reinstate rules mandating that patients have to visit a physician's office in person to receive them. And in the State of the Union last week... Let's end cancer as we know it. Cure some cancers once and for all. President Biden's pledge to end cancer as we know it was a rare bit of common ground between Democrats and Republicans. Aaron Shoemaker has been reporting on Biden's Cancer Moonshot Initiative and why it's frustrating some researchers. Thanks so much for having me. So everyone wants to end cancer. This seems like a no-brainer. It's a devastating collection of diseases. Why are some cancer researchers opposed to Biden's Cancer Moonshot? So I actually wouldn't necessarily say that they're opposed to the moonshot in principle. It's more that they... They say, you know, I support the president. It's obviously a very, it's like a deeply personal issue for him. But they're not positive that the funding for cancer in general, and that includes the moonshot, is going to the right places. Let's take a step back really quick. How long has the government been funding cancer research, including the moonshot? And like, what have we gotten from it so far? So the government has been funding, you know, the cancer research for decades, long before the moonshot. The moonshot was funded through the 21st Century Cures Act in 2016, and that funding persisted throughout uh, the Obama presidency, the Trump presidency, and now uh, has been picked back up by Biden. Last year, he reignited the moonshot. And actually, the 21st Century Cures Act expires this year, and so he's trying to maintain that funding. Mm -hmm. And what have we gotten out of the funding so far? That's a good question, and it's kind of hard to answer. There's so much funding in cancer, uh, and since the moonshot started you know, in 2016, that's additional funding on top of what was being funded previously. In the last 10 or 20 years, we've made tremendous advancements in cancer treatments, but is that because of the moonshot? Like, who could say? Mm, okay. So what is, like, the proposed alternative that some of these cancer researchers want to see? Like, how would, if they could spend money like they were Joe Biden or ask for funding like they were Joe Biden, what do you think they would want to be doing instead? Yeah, I've been thinking about this in terms of three buckets, treatment, 
screening and prevention. And a lot of them want to see more prevention. So that could mean things like anti-drinking campaigns to get people to drink less because there's a link between alcohol consumption and cancer. That could be programs aimed at kids to try to you know, help decrease childhood obesity. Like it could be any number of things. Those things are also much harder to do than to develop a cancer drug that you, a pill that you take or uh, some kind of other treatment. Like prevention is amazing, but also very difficult to implement. It involves convincing people to make behavioral changes, and that's just a really difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's sort of like the age-old tension between like lifestyle modification, which like requires a lot of constant work versus, you know, the pill or treatment that that can work. So who are the patients who would like most likely benefit from any of the developments that have come along since the cancer moonshot started funding additional research or or since we've been focused on treating cancer to begin with? Yeah, that was actually one of the most surprising things that came up in working on this story. We think a lot and about uh, childhood cancer and about these very tragic, high-profile cases. And that's kind of on display during the State of the Union. One of the guests was a parent who had a, a child with cancer. They just found out Ava's beating the odds is on her way to being cured of cancer. And she's watching from the White House tonight and she's not asleep already. But in reality, the experts I spoke with said that cancer is really a disease of the aging. And most people who die from cancer are 65 years old plus. Like the Mm -hmm. tragic high profile cases are not the norm. And so maybe we're thinking about this the wrong way. Like maybe we're putting too much effort too much emphasis on cancer compared to other diseases that affect a wider swath of the population. And to be clear, like lots of people die from cancer. It's one of the leading, you know, causes of of death. But yeah, maybe we're thinking about this wrong. We're trying to prevent something that like you and I are not at high risk for yet. Yeah. And so it sounds like what you're saying is like, it's not that people don't want to fund cancer research or don't think that the federal government should be supporting cancer research. It's more of a question of, are we allocating this funding in a way that is actually going to benefit the people who, the most number of people? Totally. There's also some questions, and this goes a bit outside the moonshot, but there's also some questions about who is spending the money. And there is a lot of industry you know, biotech money being spent. One expert described the money as sloshing around. That's how much Mm. there is. And so that also creates questions. Like, what are the incentives of some of these companies that create uh, novel drugs and treatments? Like, are they, you know, trying to do the most good for the most people or are they trying to make a buck? Got it. Well, thank you so much for talking, Erin. Loved hearing about your reporting. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Brooke Hayes is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.